Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast, where we promote, educate, inspire, and entertain creators of all things related to fantasy and science fiction. Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me David Lee Conley, who's an artist. Um, uh-huh. He 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 provides or produces artwork of reminiscent of the nineteen. 19- 20s 30s 40s 50s of travel posters of of your favorite fantasy places um david go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself yeah hi so my name is david lee Connolly of free dlc which are my initials artwork um and just like arson said so uh, outside of my normal job which i can get it to in a second i i love creating travel posters for fantasy places uh, mainly and so stuff that i've played in my childhood um, video games wise right or movies that i've watched tv shows that i've consumed right just anything with a really really striking or particularly engaging world that i was a part of um, or got to uh, i guess journey through for lack of a better way of putting i love making art for those places and in creating them like you mentioned in the, that classic like mid-century modern um, travel poster aesthetic that you used to see back in the day, right? And so um, I, I bounce around at conventions um, that are gracious enough to have me there to, to to table and sell the artwork, right? And artist alleys and all that kind of stuff, right? And I have an Etsy shop as well. And it's just been a fun journey, um, especially considering my, my day job. I, I work at UC Irvine in California as a motion graphics animator and designer. And so that doesn't take me a lot into, of course, the, the nerdy, fan art side of things a lot right it's still a great job still fun but i love being able to express myself creatively through the mediums and through the franchises frankly that i really enjoy so thanks for having me yeah no thanks for getting on um so i i really tried to pick a decade and that's why i kind of was like the 2010s tw- uh, 1910s 20s because like oh, goodness, yeah. you know all of them kind of had that same aesthetic why did you decide to to kind of go in that style you know, I, I wish I had a better answer for you other than I just, I think as artists in general, we all kind of imitate what we like seeing out in the real world, right? And I grew up, you know, going to Disneyland all the time, right? I, I travel to national parks quite often, or used to anyways, right before the pandemic hit. And I think I just enjoyed the aesthetic of those um, places, especially, you know, you walk into Disneyland for those of you who haven't been, and there's um posters of all the different rides and attractions they have um in in the park the theme park right and it's it's the the graphic design of it in general is always kind of really striking to me especially as i got more into the design field for my career right you start to notice different pieces and aspects that you really enjoy and um i think i just enjoyed that and so there came a time before i started doing all all this decorate my room really because before being behind the table at a lot of these events i was obviously shopping around at them and I had so much art from that I had purchased for myself right from random people and um I, I, I was tired of trying to make it all match and so I wanted to do something that you know had some sort of similar vibe to it so I, I was like oh I love travel posters so how funny would it be if I went and found some travel posters for fantasy places which is not a novel idea people have done it before right but I this is also at the point where I was super stingy with my money and I was like I don't want to buy expensive art for my room when I think I can just make this myself right and so I tried to and it came out terrible for the first couple ones but you know as with everything you keep on rolling with it it gets better and better as you move along and eventually I got to a point where I was proud of what I had created and then it was just for me originally and then my friends peer pressured me to start going to events and selling them and then kind of the rest is history 
that was a long-winded answer to your question, but I hope that did answer your question. No, that answers it perfectly. Um, so were you always, you know, as a little kid drawing stuff and were you always kind of an artist or did that come later in life? I wouldn't have considered myself an artist when I was a kid, but I loved drawing um, in my early years. I very much remember they had like, uh, like Pokemon sketchbooks or trace books where you could just, you know, take the tracer paper and, and, and go over it. And I loved the kids. So I would like draw tanks and helicopters and all that. Um, and as I got a little older, I started moving into more physical crafting. Right. So I remember, gosh, this is such a long time ago. My good buddy and I would, um, we'd take poster board and we would like fold and craft poster board into making like armor and swords and weapons for ourselves. Right. So I've, I've always loved creating things and building things. Right. It wasn't until high school uh, that I actually took it into the, uh, the digital realm, right? Um, so I, I started with photography. I was a big sports photographer in, in high school. And um, as soon as I got wind of what Photoshop could do, right, of course, I, I started using it for editing photos at first. But then, you know, I, I got more of an idea of what the capabilities were with it, right? So then from there, it became like, you know, stupid stuff like photoshopping someone's like a, a pepsi can in someone's hand when they was they were a coke fan right or maybe swapping heads you know th those kinds of things and i think the more i did that the more i started to, to get a feel for like i can just make things on my own from scratch without worrying about you know taking a photo to, to, as a base or anything like that and it, it kind of evolved from there from uh random poster designs for organizations i was a part of in college for example t-shirts here and there right and until now it is, you know, blown up so far beyond what I could have possibly imagined for my artistic ability, right? And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gracious for for that opportunity. But yes, to answer your question, it's it's been a long time coming, I think, um, since since I was a kid, and kind of evolving from there. And you work at UC Irvine right now, correct? And and it, repeat what you did do again. Yeah, so I, I work as a, uh, my working title is, is visual design lead, but what I do is I, I help lead a team of uh, motion graphics animators that we create. Uh, if those of you who have seen Kurzgesagt on, on YouTube, it, it's, it's educational media basically for, to help supplement the courses that our department puts out. Cause I work in extension. So we sell courses out to uh, um, adult learners and folks who are looking to continue their education, right? And so, part of that course development process is sometimes we need media to help clear up certain topics that are a little more difficult to understand. And so that's where our team comes in. And so it's a lot of, I do a lot of scripting and storyboarding and then uh, occasionally I'll jump into the actual animation process. Right. But um, it's, it's a much, it, I love it. It's, it's, I love teaching and I love combining that with design. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a different skill set, obviously. And so this is a, this is, is really exciting. No, that's that's fantastic. You know, sometimes when I talk to to plumbers or uh, construction workers or carpenters or whatever, they don't want to come home and and deal with that stuff. Mm -hmm. So for you to come home and and do something similar, do you yeah. ever get tired of like the the art side of it or creating uh, side of it or? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's important to, for balance for me. Absolutely. Um, I I think I am still surprised at how high my tolerance is uh, without being able to think of another way to put it right it's because I, I think it yeah you would think that like me doing all this kind of artwork at work and then coming back and then immediately jumping on the ipad to sketch something out would be exhausting and it is like i, I won't deny that but uh, i think there are a couple reasons in that 
mainly is that it scratches two different itches for me, right? Whereas work is work and it's not always going to be work as much as I enjoy it, right? Um, but this stuff is fun. Like the, the stuff that I do outside of work, like it's stuff that I would, I, I want to do. I, I, like I don't take commissions, for example, because I want to make sure I'm still putting out stuff that I, I actively enjoy, not because someone told me to, right? And I think that part of it can't be um, undersold in terms of my, how I'm able to not burn out. Um, because I'm, I, I'm only working on it because I really, really genuinely enjoy the franchise or the, the location that I'm creating a poster for, right? And it's fun because to create this stuff, you you, you have to consume um, or go back and consume a lot of the stuff that um, that made it enjoyable in the first place. So like I, I will go on YouTube and watch videos for, for example, if I, when I made my Aperture Labs um, from Portal poster, right? I would just go and watch Cave Johnson quotes for forever and ever on YouTube just to get myself in the mindset. And I, you know, it's not super um, conducive to actual artwork, but it's fun for me to get in, in the right headspace. And so th those kind of things, right? I, I think make make it more enjoyable for me to continue to do things despite having done it already for my day job, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's again, it's it's a different aspect of design altogether too. So that that of course plays a part as well. So you hit on two points that I, I kind of want to explore. Um, yeah. One, I think you, you hit on this, like you, you find joy in it and you find passion uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, with it. I think that's key for anybody, whether you're an artist or an author or a leather worker or whatever, is you have to be passionate about what you're doing in order to, to continue or else it becomes drudgery, it becomes a job. Mm -hmm. And and two, how you, you mentioned balance. How do you maintain that balance? What do you do? Like what's a typical day to... So you don't burn out. So your first question was, in my opinion, do you have to have passion in order to make something like this work? Uh, oh, that's, that's a tough question. I think I, my instincts say yes, absolutely. But I think sometimes, I don't know, it, it seems like you have to fake it till you make it in, in a lot of ways. Um, and this is true of many aspects in life, not even just artwork, right? But Oftentimes, I think there are opportunities presented to us or things presented to us that we, that we aren't super jazzed about at first, but I think you fall in love with it just by doing, right? My worry for a lot of this, right, in giving advice is that I, I know for a fact that uh, my passion was developed. It wasn't immediate, um, right? I, I think I had to find and stumble my way through a lot of my artistic journey to figure out, A, what I was good at, but B, what I really enjoy. Um, because there was a time in college where I, I had pretty much written this off as a career in general. A lot of it had to do with my self-confidence, right? And, and not really knowing if I could handle criticism, for example, or if I could put something that is so personal to myself out in the world for people to see and then handle it if it didn't get accepted the way I wanted it to, right? Um, and so while I enjoyed the art of creating, right, I don't know if I was passionate about turning it into a life's work for lack of a better way of putting it right or, or at least I, I don't know if i had that level of enjoyment in it that i, I could do it full time um or could do it in the capacity that i am now um and it wasn't really like i said before until i was kind of pressured by my my very male well-meaning friends of course but really kind of thrown into the fire in a lot of ways like you need to, to to put this out there where i was like okay at least i have confidence right and i i can borrow theirs until i find my own um and then, of course, over time, just by doing it enough, right, I started to develop an actual skill set for it. And then I think my passion for it developed. Once you started seeing that improvement in my artistic abilities, 
that is when my passion really started to come alive. And so I know that's kind of a, a non-answer to that original question, but I, I think if I had to shorten it, it'd be, a, I don't know if you need to start with it, but I hope that it gets developed over time. Because otherwise, if, if you're working towards it and it just gets worse and worse, it's maybe not the right thing for you. But fortunately for me, it was the other way around where I I really started to develop my um, uh, my calling for it as, as I worked more towards it. Let's let's talk about this in in a little bit more depth. Um, yeah. I, I you know I, I try to research people as I interview them, and I came across I was, I was looking at your Instagram feed, and mm-hmm. there was a fantastic video, um, the cycle of suck versus the oh, yeah. <laughs> versus the spiral of excellence, mm-hmm. and I have found that to go along with you, like um, for those who don't haven't seen it, um, um, go watch it. But basically, the cycle of suck is you suck at something, you practice, you don't get better you give up and, and you still suck. Whereas yep. you, instead of you're not better, you keep practicing and then you're a little bit better. And mm-hmm. so with that cycle of excellence that you have outlined in your video, kind of within that cycle, you can find passion um, right. as, you, as you're going. I'll give you a yeah. little example. Um, I wanted to play the guitar when I was a little kid. Right. Yeah. And I've always wanted to play. And finally, like, you know, I, I did the cycle of suck where I, do you know practice i'd still suck i'd quit and that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yep. anyway i finally decided a couple years ago that i was just gonna learn and i sucked but i continued practicing and now i love it like i i play almost every day i'm not great i'm not gonna be playing a a concert or anything but it's something that i, I enjoy and for those people right. who are starting out being an artist artist or an author or whatever creative endeavor you do don't give up if, right and and you if if it's hard if it's um, difficult push through keep practicing and and you might find your passion uh, like David has here and it's the hardest thing to do too right it, it, I think it's for, I hated hearing that advice I hated it I still to some degree do because it's such a it's so simple that it drives you crazy right um, and I think people are looking, especially when they're in like a downturn in their their motivation or they're feeling lost in their career, right? Uh, especially as creatives, right? I, I think the last thing you want to hear is just keep going because you're like, no, 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 tell me like, the, not a shortcut, but just tell me the, the magic secret. Like you had to have like some sort of secret, right? It's like, it reminds me a lot of, uh, for those of you who have seen One Punch Man, right? Where he's like, what's the secret to your power? It's like 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups, 100, <laughs> you know, those type of things where it's so so silly and so dumb right but it's true i I think all cliches are cliches for a reason and uh as as frustrating as it can be to hear just keep going like uh, there is no truer advice i've found than that right because how else are you supposed to get better at anything unless you practice unless you do and execute and and come back and keep on coming back again and again right right and i think people have some unrealistic expectations and you put out another video about the valley of disappointment uh, valley of disappointment where you people think that progress is linear but you just you kind of describe where it's more exponential and mm-hmm. for those of you who uh, are into self-improvement books or, or whatever um, there's a book called the slide edge uh, that kind of um, points to this principle where little improvements every day can add up over time I know it's you've heard it as compound interest for money or, or whatever but mm-hmm. um just because you've practiced a certain amount and, and you think you should be somewhere, um, that's, that's where David in his video says that, you know, that's a valid disappointment. But if you keep going, like we've talked about with the, with the previous, um, cycle of excellence, like pretty soon that, that valley 
uh, it inverts. And now you're right. a lot higher than where you should be or where yep. you think you should be. Yeah. And I, of course, to preface, I can't take credit for any of these ideas, of course. I, I think, you know, the cycle of suck came from Anthony Jones um, on, on Instagram and he, he did a great basically exact lesson of that um, during Adobe Max a, a few years ago. Right. And then the Valley of Disappointment is ripped straight from Atomic Habits, which is another fantastic book by James Clear. Um, but yeah, the, the idea is that success and results are linear. They're exponential. Um, right. And the value of disappointment, again, for those who aren't familiar, right, there, there is this period when you, after you start trying to get better at something, where it seems like you should be better than you are. Um, and this happens all the time. <laughs> and I'm sure folks can relate to this immediately, right? Because if you try something new, you're going to be really bad for a long time. Um, and think of me, I, I should be there. Like, why am I not at this level or this point in my career and my artistic abilities and my you know, skill sets in general, right? And I think that's that's tough because that's the point when most people drop off and then in fact like if you just keep pushing like not even that much further um you, your the results start to become exponential and i think many successful people have experienced this i've myself experienced this i'm going through it right now with some of my own artwork right where it's like holy cow i, I all of a sudden can do or create these worlds or uh, represent these worlds that i know i couldn't have done a year ago right like heavy architecture, things like that, right? You're just like, oh, I, all of a sudden that skill set unlocked and I don't really know when, but I can see it now. Um, and I think that's the valley of disappointment coming into play because a year ago I was, I was, and even, even this happens to everybody, right? Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm overly critical of myself and my own artwork, right? And it's, that is the, the tried and true, like the, the proof that you are a creative instead of you, you hate your own artwork at any given time. Right. Um, and so that happens a lot. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, no, I can actually do this now. Um, and it's really cool to see, but yep. That's that. I love those, those concepts that you, that you called out and I'm glad that you, you watched them because I'm, I'm pleased that people are, hopefully people can benefit at least from my interpretation of them. No, I didn't have much time to, to watch others, but if, if all I took away was those two concepts, uh, worth its weight in gold. Mm, yeah, very important. Yeah. Glad. So uh, let's go back to, to balance. How do you how do you man, maintain balance and find balance? You know, this is another good question. Um, I and this can this can branch into all areas of life, right? Like I have taken many, 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 many steps to make sure I know myself better than anybody else, um, right? And to not only that, but to be comfortable with who I am. And this is a long journey, right? I, this isn't like something you can finish in a day. There are a lot of folks and I, I would say most people, um, and even me still like struggle with self-identity a lot. Um, but what comes along with being comfortable with who you are and, and, and yourself is you start to give yourself a lot of grace. Um, and what I mean by that is, right. If I'm starting to get burned out or if I feel myself because i'm always analyzing how i'm feeling how i'm doing if i feel myself starting to not enjoy what's in front of me um i have to ask myself why like i have to like fully understand my emotions to a point where i'm like okay so what is going on in my life right now that is preventing me from enjoying this thing that is normally enjoyable um and as a result of that you know i have different strategies of of either escaping disconnecting recharging whatever you want to call it self-care is really important and so the only way I can know how to properly take care of myself to recharge my battery is through self-awareness and, and through a lot of um, practice and a lot of just kind of 
introspection and being like, what brings me joy when the things that bring me joy don't bring me joy, for lack of a better way of putting it, right? Like, what can I go back to? And so for me, a lot of times that is, uh, it. I like to cook, for example, right? And so maybe I just need a day in the kitchen where I cook a really awesome meal for me and my family, for example, right? And that brings me fulfillment. Or maybe I just need a day where I clear all my meetings and don't do anything. And I just sit, right? And potato and then, and, and, you know, eat poorly, right? I think a lot of times my my burnout, and this could be true for other people too, comes from this constant sense of having to show up every day, right? And so maybe there's one day you don't show up and that's okay, right? You just take it for yourself and that gives you time to recharge. But this is all to say, like, I, this has been obviously like I'm, I'm 30 years old, basically. This is, I'm still very young in the grand scheme of things. But I think, especially from college onward, right? I, it, was a, it was a long journey to figuring out like, who I am, like who I am truly and what brings me joy and happiness, especially in the absence of, uh, of normal circumstances. And that self-awareness and that comfort with myself to let myself be okay with not being on all the time and to not having to be productive every single given moment, right? Has always been really important to me, but especially now that my life is, is as busy as it ever been, if I'm traveling all over the place, right? Um, it's really important to give myself self-care breaks or just breaks in general so that I can show up in my fullest self to my commitments that I have. Does that answer the question? No, that's, that's great advice. One, you know, to give yourself grace, forgiveness for yeah. not being a hundred percent there all the time and having the yeah. courage to step away when you need to, to be able to recharge and, and get back to it. Right. I think right, those right. Are, are great tips and tricks. Um, so, you know, you could have chosen to do any sort of artwork in any sort of genre. Why did you choose like the fantasy uh, science fiction genres to, to do your, artwork in i don't know if i have a super complex answer for this other than i, I just really like it. <laughs> i really it, it is it is so i've always been a, a geeky kid like from the early days like i mentioned before like pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, digimon all that stuff right like that i grew up on that um and as soon as i got my hands on consoles right it was you know final fantasies it was a lot of the like jack and daxter back in the day was a big one for me so i i think i just grew up on fantasy star wars right i, I grew up on all of that stuff and so I don't know if I ever made a conscious decision to, to gravitate towards it. It just kind of, it's, it's, you know, what I've been exposed to my entire life. And, um, I've always kind of had this escapist personality, right. Where I, I love losing myself in a movie for an hour and a half, like going to movies is one of my favorite hobbies to do. Right. Cause you, you're, you're in a theater and you just, the outside world is completely shut out and it's just you and whatever's in front of you on screen. And you can just live there, frankly, for, uh, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long the movie is. And video games are the same way, right? Dude? Like a lot of times I'll just lock, hold myself in a room and, and again, using the term, lose myself in, in, in the world that's in front of me. And um, I think if I were to create any art, like it, it, it of course, that was what I would go for, right? Because I, I think just being able to create the world that I lived in for so long right of my childhood and even now right um that was a really exciting prospect to me or to at least be able to um replicate them in a way that was my own style right but also would resonate with other people that had similar experiences to me right that wasn't a goal initially but it definitely is now that i've seen what it can do for people right now that i've really i, I understand like the reactions people have to my work, right? When they're like, oh my gosh, like I haven't played that game in forever. Like, oh man, I loved that particular moment in the game, right? 
like those shared experiences are really exciting to me and to be able to kind of, um, yeah, share those moments with others. Um, it's something I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, I love those things. I, I love those, those small little moments. Um, because you know, it connects us in a way that's, that's not possible otherwise. And I, right. I really enjoy that. No, and, and you said you weren't really expecting to do this as a, like a business or, or anything. Nope. What have been some of the challenges and what have been some of the surprises as you've uh, started this journey? Oh, I could, I could go on forever about challenges, man. It's, it's, uh, uh, it, I, I think what, what's interesting is that I, for better and for worse, I, I've just kind of been learning on the fly, like a trial by fire thing. There, there are so many people I could have asked for help there in my life, like in my network, et cetera. Um, I, I have a relatively stubborn personality when it comes to asking for help because I'm like, no, I, I don't want to bother somebody. I don't want to trouble somebody's time. I can just figure this out on my own. Um, I, I think the hardest part about, I guess, just on a purely even guidance, right. And not really knowing like where the best place to put up artwork is, or like, what are, um, what are taxes for running your own business? Right. Or, um, like what shows are good and what shows are not good to go to. Right. And, um, which, uh, traveling, like, how do, how do I pack all of my table set up in a suitcase? Like those kind of things there, there isn't, I'm sure there are resources out there, but I had a, I found it easier to just figure it out on my own than to spend hours digging for that information on the internet. Right. Um, but of course that might've been not the smartest way to go. And so I, I think if I had any advice to be to not follow, like ask for help, please. My, my, my partner, bless her, is, is very good about being like, you should ask for help about this. And I'm like, you're probably right. Um, but I, so I, I think if I were to give one over broad answer about the challenges, it would be that, you know, it, it's, it's hard to do this on my own. Um, and I was foolish. I didn't ask for help or for resources when there's plenty out there. Yeah. You know, everybody's journey is a little bit different and your challenges might be different than somebody else's or somebody sure. might be going through the same challenges of you, you know, that you are. So like, mm-hmm. you know, that's great advice asking for help. And, you know, you've been to a few shows uh, this year. What, yep. what has surprised you as you've gone to shows and, and what are some of the hangups for that? It's not a self-confidence thing, um, even though it might sound like it, but I, I think, I am always surprised at the level of enjoyment people get in my artwork, right? Because of course, like I enjoy it, right? Like, cause I'm creating it. I would hope I enjoy it if I'm putting it out there. Right. But I think just the, the pure reactions from people that they, that they have when they see something they really enjoy, or they see like a poster that really resonates with them. I don't know if that's ever going to get old, <laughs> frankly. Right. And it's, it's so lovely like I mentioned earlier, right. I didn't know if I could do this for the sake of like, if I put something so personal out there and people didn't resonate with it as much. Right. It's been the complete opposite of that. And it's been such a joyous occasion to, regardless of any money involved, right. Of course the monetary success is, is, uh, is a, is a great byproduct of, of people enjoying it. Right. But just the, the, the sheer moments of, of all that. And, and especially gosh, like purely from a practical sense, right. We are the the economy in the United States isn't super great right now, uh, and I, I think people are, are clutching onto their money rightfully so more than they have in the past. But that they are still willing to, you know, spend their hard earned money on, on my artwork, right? That I think that is a connection or a a a leap that I would not have pictured for myself back in the day, right? And so it continues to be a surprise and a pleasant one at that. Um, I think I'm, I'm happy that people are going out to these events again, that we have them back, right? You know, COVID is still very much an issue, right? But I, I think it is 
it is great to see that community again right because i started back doing shows back in 2019 right and 2020 was supposed to be my like all in year where i'm going every show and then of course you know <laughs> life happens differently and this feels like what 2020 should have been um and I'm, I'm very very grateful for that and so if anything i like i said i'm just surprised that there is so much support and maybe i shouldn't be but i i always want to make sure that i'm i'm keeping that same level of uh i don't, I don't want to call it humbleness but it, it, at least a, a I guess try keeping things with brand new eyes um, as much as I can. Right. Well, I think for a lot of artists, uh, creators, whatnot, imposter syndrome keeps in a lot of oh, times. And absolutely. How, how, yeah. how have you been able to deal with that? It's <laughs> a great question. Uh, I, I would say it, it's still, I think for, I, I don't know if I've seen a single person in the artistic space or even just in life in general that doesn't have imposter syndrome in some way, shape or form. I, I think it is one of the most human emotions you can have. And so uh, on some level that actually helps me, right? Because I'm like, everyone thinks this, everyone thinks they're not where they should be. I remember I went to, there was a, um, a really awesome artistic convention called Lightbuck Expo in California, um, in, in Pasadena, where I, I went to as an attendee, not as a, a tabler. Um, and there was this one, uh, panel or workshop that I went to where it was someone who was like a storyboarder for Disney, like, like a really, really high up storyboarder for Disney. And she said something that really shook me because she was like, every day, I think I'm going to get fired every day. And I'm like, what? and I'm watching her say this as she's drawing this beautiful storyboard of like a, a particular animation piece that she did. And I'm like, how, how is it possible that you can feel like you're getting fired with the work that you do? But then of course, like I put two and two together. And I was like, oh, but everyone thinks that like everyone thinks that they are not where they should be. And everyone thinks that they're not as good as the person next to them or the person beyond them right and so uh, in some sense like i said that shared experience helped me normalize that feeling um in a lot of ways and understand that uh, regardless of how true or not true it may be right at least i know i'm not alone um in that and everyone even the person that i'm comparing myself to probably feels that way about somebody else and i think the second part of it is is, is like i mentioned earlier is is I, I really had to work hard to develop my self-confidence to know that even if I put out something that's not great or not perfect, right? It, it is it is part of the process. And not only that, but it doesn't define me as a person, right? Like I, I, as much as I my work is personal to me, it is not who I am. And that separation of work and person's, personal self was an important step in, in just success in general, let alone in, in my artistic pursuits. And um, once I became, again, as comfortable as I could be with who I am, I think the rest of it kind of bled into my pursuits and, and my artistic talents, right? Where I was like, ah, it's it's okay, man. Like, it's all right. Like, even if you're not where you're supposed to be, that's all right. Like, it's just breathe <laughs> and you're going to be fine, right? And to have this sense of serenity and calm about the things that I do, I, I, most of the time, not all the time, but most <laughs> of the time, I think it was really helpful. Now, I think what you, you said, you know, yeah, you got to separate your artwork from yourself, even though it's yes. personal and stuff. And yes. that is so hard for, for people, including myself, to do. Mm. You know, I mentioned earlier, like, I was always surprised. I'm always surprised when people say yes to an interview with me because, yeah, you right. know, I, I have imposter syndrome as well. And I think, oh, I got the wool over their eyes. Like, if, 
you know, I hope they don't look at me and like research me or whatever and be like, no, I don't want to talk to this guy or listen to an episode of my podcast and be like, no, I don't want to be on this. So like, I'm always grateful that people are are willing to to come on because like you said, everybody has that and you just have to get, I mean, as as trite and uh, as callous as this is, you have to just kind of get over it and continue on if you really want to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, and that's what I told myself too. I was like, you're, you're not going to get anywhere unless you, again, going back to what we talked about before, unless you just keep going. Yeah. Right. Just, just keep on, keep on doing regardless of, um, I mean, obviously, like I said before, keep stock of how you're feeling because you don't want to lose joy entirely, but there's only one way that you get better. And that is to, to keep on creating or keep on doing right. And repetition, 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 10,000 right. hours. That's Gladwell says, right. So, oh, yeah. No. Um, do you have any other, like this, this, interview has just been full of great advice great tips and tricks do you have any others that i we haven't mentioned or anything you want to share with those that are just starting their journey uh gosh just starting um i i've said probably most of my most important like points already i I would imagine just by virtue of of our of our conversation um i i really want to emphasize the utilizing the network you have and the, just the people around you right in, in ways because it, it took me a long time to let people into my process i think and to let people into what i was doing because i was just so i think when you're especially when you're running a small business in general right you can tend to do everything on your own which is great because you start to establish systems that work for you and but as soon as you start scaling up and expanding as my hope for everybody who's trying to create an art businesses is that you're able to scale up and expand. Um, that's, it starts to become very easy to overwhelm yourself. And I've experienced this where it's all of a sudden you have way too many things to do at once you're at an event and you can't focus cause you're already thinking about the next one. Right. And all this kind of stuff. And um, like I mentioned before, it wasn't until my partner really kind of sat me down and was like, I, I need you to let me help you <laughs> because otherwise like you're going to, to tie yourself out and it's not going to be good for anybody around you, let alone your business. Right. And so, um, the sooner you let people in and accept help and, and understand that it's okay for people to be a part of it, even if the work is imperfect, right. I think the better you're going to become. And that's the lesson I had to learn. I'm still learning. Right. In a lot of ways, like you met me when I was still alone traveling or not still alone, but I was on my own bouncing around weekend to weekend to things. Right. Um, but luckily I, like it, I just got back from the 66 night market in, in Arcadia, California, for example, which is like a food market. Right. And, um, I didn't need my buddy there. Right. But I like requested that he came because it was, I, I knew that it was just going to make my life so much simpler to have somebody who knew what he was doing there with me to help me out. If I just wanted to leave for a little while. Right. Or if I, if I just wanted someone to vent to, if I was like feeling a little flustered logistics wise. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're social creatures by, by nature. Right. When we can't shut ourselves out. And I, I think that's not true of everybody. Right. But for me, that was a hard lesson to get over. And so that's the only thing I think I have left is, is to make sure that you, you know, don't be afraid to ask the people around you for help. Cause I think more than more often than not, they're more than willing to, 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 to be there for you if they're, if they're good people. Right. So. And, and sometimes that's a hard thing to do. I, you know, mm-hmm. you said that that was hard for you. Um, I know it's, it's definitely hard for me. Um, yeah. can, can I ask about your process for, for artwork? Like how do you, sure. what do you do to create your, like, does a scene come to mind or do you just kind of play with stuff before you make your, your, your poster? Like, yeah. well, how, how does that, how does that come to fruition? 
good question. Um, I think before, uh, when I was just getting started and didn't really know what I was doing, I, I, I pretty much had to have a, a clear vision in my head before I put pen to paper, which is probably, I would almost say definitely not the way to go. Like, um, because there would be times when I had this really, really awesome idea in my head and I just, my skill set wasn't there yet. And so when I would try to put it on paper, I would get so sad and disappointed that I couldn't like just get this idea down properly. Right. I think nowadays, um, as long as I have like some sort of, like, for example, if I'm creating a travel poster, I have like a whole list <laughs> of ones that I, that I still want to create, right. Based on recommendations, stuff that I enjoy, stuff that I like, I think would go well with other ones that I have. Right. Um, so like, for example, one of the ones on my mind right now is Coruscant, like a Star Wars world, right? Because everyone loves that place from the prequels. And um, I can imagine it in my head, right? But I think now what, how I would approach this now is I, I would probably first like do Google searches and, and just kind of get at my mind in the right place for what Coruscant looks like, what would be cool. Um, and then just start throwing stuff on paper, right? Just it, no matter how clear my mind is or how clear my vision is, like, it goes back to the cycle of suck, right? It, 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 I just need to do something, anything, get anything on paper because the process of doing oftentimes opens up a lot of what I think would look cool. Cause sometimes I can't picture it unless I see it like drawn out and through the process of like sketching, clearing the slate, sketching, clearing the slate, a vision starts to come into my mind. And then once I have that clear vision, I can sketch that out and get a general layout of things on a poster. Um, and by that time, I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to execute it, right? So for Coruscant, I'm, I'm just imagining, for example, I would probably need to go into Maya in 3D to get a lot of the buildings looking right because perspective is not a super strong suit of mine. And so instead of drawing in perspective, I would rather just put a camera in a 3D space and take a screenshot and then like have that be my baseline. And so I'd probably go into Maya and start making the buildings that I, I, I identified in the sketch phase of like what I would want. And then once I get that all done, which will take probably a little while, um, get a good framing for it camera wise. And then once I have the Maya screenshot, I can throw that into Adobe Illustrator, which is where I do primarily like color blocking and everything. And I can overlay anything that needs to be fixed with the shadows and the lighting and all that, right? Um, to make sure it looks like a dynamic image. And once all of that foundation is set up, I will take it into Photoshop. And usually on my iPad, for example, I'll, I'll bring it on the Photoshop on the iPad. Um, and just start hacking away at the details, um, right? And so I, I tend to be more detailed in a lot of my work than maybe is recommended for for work of this kind, right? And so it's like even like small things that no one's ever going to notice. Like I'm, I'm like sitting there drawing lines and shading and all that on that little, you know, the tiny mountain in the background, right? Um, but that's when it becomes kind of mindless for me because at that point I know I have a good image. Like I know or hope I have a good image, right? Or I know that like, the composition is good or the lighting looks nice right and then it's just a matter of like adding in small details here and there and that part's fun for me because it's like it's something to look forward to every day i don't have to like put that much mental energy into it it's just a matter of you know drawing um and sketching and and, and rendering is what they call it right and at that point like once i have the image down then i'll add the text for the uh um the, the travel poster right and i'll they'll, they'll try to brainstorm some cheeky or funny kind of, uh, catch line below the, the main title of the, the poster, right, to, to go along with it. And uh, I'll sit on it for a little while. Like oftentimes I'll, I'll leave it for like three days and then come back to it. And then that'll give me a fresh perspective to see if I need to add anything or um, or subtract anything, frankly. And then that's that's about it. And then I'll throw it on social media on Etsy and then hope it sells well at conventions and then, then off to the next one, right? 
uh, I, I really like this process that you, that you explained. Um, for anybody that's in the creative endeavor, whether you're an artist or author or, um, you know, blacksmith or leather worker or whatever you're trying to do, um, you know, you said that at first you just wanted to get it, your head, whatever was in there, on the, on the paper. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult for people that are beginning their journey. Yeah. But that's when, you know, for those authors, rewriting for artists, being able to separate yourself from your work and be able to, you know, even if you have to scratch all of it and start over. Right. Same with authors. But having that forgiveness of yourself to be able to be like, okay, I'm just going to get whatever I have in my head, whatever skill level that is on to, to, to the page, to the yes. iPad, to, to whatever. And then I can go back and fix things. Mm-hmm. Being able to do that, you don't have to be perfect right no. at the beginning, and you know, and that's kind of what I picked up from your your explanation of the process, and that's that's awesome advice for anybody that wants to to start out. I think that's true of any endeavor, not even just artwork, right? And it is it is perfectly human to expect perfection and to want perfection on your first go, right? And I think it makes you feel I don't know some sort of superior way when you're like, yeah, I came right out perfectly, right, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's just not reality i don't think personally um and so as much as you can um we have a saying in, in the circle that i'm in called enjoy the mess right enjoy the mess that you're creating um because that's the only way you're going to figure out what the actual thing you want is and so that's yeah. i guess that's my piece enjoy the mess exactly well david thank you so much for getting on with me go ahead and tell people you mentioned your website earlier go ahead and uh, repeat that and any other uh social media that you want to share yeah, sure. So um, I am, my website is uh, free-dlc.com, right? Um, so again, free as in like free money-dlc, my initials.com. Um, and on Instagram, I am free DLC artwork um, with, I believe, underscores under each word. So free underscore DLC underscore artwork. Um, and I'm sure if you just search up free DLC, you'll find me somewhere. Um, but- and then you have an Etsy store as well. I do, yeah. So my, it's, it's, I don't know the link to my Etsy store. I believe it's just Etsy.shop or slash shop slash free DLC. But typically, it's easier for people to go to my website and then that links out to Etsy if they need to get there. Um, but um, I'm also free DLC artwork on Etsy as well. So Perfect. And then uh, do you know what other shows you're going to this year? So if people are there, they can meet you? That's a great question. So actually, that buddy I mentioned that went with me to 626, um, I am sending him to evo in las vegas um, which is a game fighting tournament um and that'll be august 4th through 7th and then the remaining four shows i have for the year i have um, fan expo canada which is in toronto um starting august 25th i have rose city comic-con starting september 9th in portland oregon i have um fan salt lake in salt lake city starting i believe september gosh um i'll have to look that data but it, it's in the, the last weekend of september and then finally, I have LA Comic Con in Los Angeles, December, starting December 2nd, I believe, or something along those lines. And so um, that's it. And then, then that'll close out my 2022. Perfect. So if you're at any one of those shows, go ahead and hit David up, say hi, and, and yeah. buy some artwork. Great to see you. <laughs> Let <laughs> well, me know that you came on Carson's show. Thank you so much for getting on with me today. I appreciate it. Of course, Carson. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.